This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 548 for the week of December 3rd, 2018. My name is Alex. My name is Ed. And my name is Steve. This week on the One Piece Podcast, we will be going over this week's manga chapter, chapter number 926, uh, Excavation Labor Camp, as well as some piece together. The anime is off this week. Um, and, uh... Uh, today on the show, let's let's do our robot roll call. First of all, we've got uh, our very special guest, translator for One Piece and Weekly Shonen Jump, Stephen Paul. No robocalls, please. The midterms are over. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, Jill is also here. Uh, yes. Hello. Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you. And of course, uh, uh, Eisner nominated. Uh, comic book artist and friend of of us all is Joey Weiser. Pro. <laughs> we'll send you cheesy movies. Uh, but before we do that, um, do we have any news to go over this week? Um. Well, I mean, I guess the big news is the all of the releases that are just coming out um, today or tomorrow, depending on your when you listen to this or what time zone you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have uh, volume 91 is out, some more Viva cards are out. And yeah. uh, so there's a bunch of new information floating around. But I guess we'll we'll probably get to that when uh, whenever our schedule allows us. And also the One Piece 2019 calendar is out in case anyone wants to order it. It's always a crapshoot. I've ordered it from two places. Let's see if I get one. <laughs> Do they have a sexy one out yet? Probably. That's probably easier to get than the one I'm trying to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens? You order it, and then they send you a message later that it's sold out or something. Yeah, but then sometimes, like middle middle of the way through December, it'll show up at the at the Kino in Chicago, like because they put it on a boat and it took three weeks to get there. <laughs> so I mean, I might still be able to pick one up there, but you know, if you're in the Chicago area, I might be looking to unload one in January <laughs> if I've accidentally bought two. Good I'm luck. Sure. I'm sure I can find at least one One Piece fan here. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's um, yeah. Well, well, there's some other there's some other news. Uh, we saw we have a little bit of a breaking news. Uh, thanks to Hunter's fan for making us aware of this. But J World will be closing in February. Oh man, six years, yeah. seven years. They said yeah, it was like six years, something like that. Yeah, I remember announcing it on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, can you remind us where is J World located? What is that? It's, uh, it's located in Namco Nanja Town. <laughs> so, uh, I had a I I I had a bit of a breakdown the first time I so stupid, so stupid. What the hell Too is a Namja? What? <laughs> anyway, if anyone could go back and find wherever that was announced, that would be a good that'd be good blooper. So yeah. stupid Namco Namja town. In addition, in addition to that, um, on the official one piece youtube page uh there is a sequel to the um uh, a little while ago mayumi tanaka and kappa yamaguchi the uh, voice actors for uh luffy and usopp did a little bit of a, a vtube thing where they um basically put on mocap suits and did fun stuff as their one piece characters um uh, that's the old virtual idol thing isn't it yes the, yeah they do that stuff 
So there is a sequel to that on the official One Piece YouTube page, which is uh, Kazuya Nakai and Cho, uh, Zoro and Brooke, respectively, um, doing their own uh, doing their own shtick, as well as plugging the crap out of One Piece Volume 91. Um, it's a very cute video. Uh, pretty fun. Oh, and there was also that video on uh, that posted some of the – it was posted online, I think, that Maddie made us aware of, the, the, the revision process for the cover of the most recent volume. Yeah. yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, and I think the official staff account uh, eventually posted the video too, or some official One Piece mm-hmm. account posted it at some point. Yeah, I don't recall seeing that kind of thing before. Very neat. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It, it led uh, some folks, myself included, to wonder if any of uh, Oda's processes digital now, because it seemed like at least the sketching part that they posted was probably being drawn digitally, because you see him moving around parts and blowing things up and shrinking them and, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I, I talked about this a little bit on the um, uh, the mag- One Piece magazine volume four that we did uh, in the past few weeks because there is a similar, there, he shows a process, obviously it's not a video, it's a series of images in the magazine um, for his illustration of, of Luffy and Katakuri having, sharing a merienda with some donuts. And it is very similar, you can see you know, that is very clearly a digital process and he's sketching things and, you know, he, he sort of draws out a little blocky version and then erases it, draws a more refined one and then moves it around and, and, you know, changes stuff as he adds things and, and so on. So I think he does that more often or he kind of, he, that's like his experimental time is when he's doing like non, you know, manga pages where, mm-hmm he's free he he feels free to mess around with like digital tools and stuff like that so yeah cool. i was i was wondering if possibly cuz that video ends with just like a very refined looking sketch but it's still not the finished drawing if maybe he then prints that out and traces or paints over it or something mm. um yeah. yeah i have not gotten my my volume yet so i haven't had like a real close up examination mm. of the image itself so but it's really cool it's like uh the I, I can't remember his name, but the big dog uh, is in the background. and um, Yeah. Kamashio. Kamashio. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not Roman um, Reigns. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. So it's pretty neat to see the initial sketch and how, how it changed from there to the final image. Yeah. I, I think the ability to do stuff digitally, uh, you know, is Oda's probably experimenting with doing more stuff like this. And I'd be interested to see him continue to do stuff like this. Very neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, also worth noting, uh, on the YouTube page, uh, or the One Piece YouTube channel, the banner has uh, an Oda, uh, an original Oda illustration of all nine Straw Hats, plus Vivi, and also Jinbei. So, that's worth... All the Straw Hats. All of the Straw Hats. Well, wasn't that wasn't that in the Viva cards, though? Someone mentioned today that Jinbei is... Yes. Vivi is listed as a former member, and Jinbei is a current crew member? Yes. Thank God. Jinbei nice. is officially the 10th member of the crew, and the helmsman. Huh. That is, that is on the Viva Everybody got card. that? <laughs> Good. <laughs> now that I have my coffee, I can rock radar. <laughs> All right. Uh, great. Um, so if that covers it, if anybody else uh, doesn't have anything else to say, then we can move right along I, to the monk. Oh. I kind of, I have something I would like to say. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first of all, that uh, banner is cute. Um, I mean, if you don't awe when you see Frankie resting his head on Sanji's or Brooke uh, getting cozy with Zoro, uh, you have no soul. Um, Cozo with Zoe's. <laughs> Good try. No, right. uh, I, I don't think this was mentioned, but I just saw this on my Twitter feed. I wanted to bring this up. Um, Shonen Jump tweeted uh, that 
today, um, today is the date in late 2002, uh, 16 years ago, that uh, the first printed version of English Shonen Jump was released. So that means it's been 16 years since the U.S. was exposed to the One Piece manga officially. Wow. Right yeah, on. and I guess that's the first time for a lot of you to have gotten into it. I have been reading One Piece for 16 years. <laughs> I don't want to talk about how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. You're, you're, you're the youngest, you to... almost the youngest person on this show. Yeah, about how old you are. Making me feel old by proxy. Hey, Jill's younger. Everyone shut up. <laughs> Happy 60th birthday. Everyone shut up. All right. Well, while, while I put some ointment on my hip, let's go to the next segment, shall we? All right. This is the manga recap for chapter 926, Excavation Labor Camp. Ed, what's going on on the cover page? Well, it's the it's Lion Chopper studying medicine with a scholarly stork and a turtle by Onungcher. And uh, again, following the shonen trope of a crane master and a turtle master. Huh. Mm. Um, I think this settles the long debate of whether or not sea turtles are reptiles or mammals. They're birds. Uh, because this, this scholarly uh, turtle has a fucking beard. They're mammals. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Where are its titties? Uh, Get this well, turtle off got, of Tumblr. They got, they got deleted when they got posted on Tumblr. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and this bird has a mustache. Today. What gives? It, it's male presenting turtle. <laughs> I've got nipples. Can you milk me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, that's not the first time that joke has been made on this podcast. No, it is not. (laughs) Uh, You may be wondering, gosh, that looks like a lot of very fine writing on those signs in the background. I wonder if that is legible. And the answer is yes, it Uh is. Kind Uh of. Uh, So. You know, our, our original TIFF files, which are basically print quality, they're like 6,000 by 8,000 uh, resolution. And on there, you can sort of half make out the words. They're very scribbly, um, but they include some medical terminology such as drug, laxative, <laughs> painkiller, antibiotic, ointment for Alex's knee, uh, digestive, disinfectant, gargle, uh, analgesic, and I think that's about all I can make out. And the book and says, uh, them... yeah, it says pharma, pharma, yeah, in Germany. And again, because as we've talked about, German, uh, German medical terms have made their way into in Japan. So. And and then a bunch of these terms are also repeated in the on the inside of the the book that the uh, stork is holding. Huh. Uh, what a redundant library! Yeah, I think I see disinfectant on there. <laughs> That's it. This is this is the kind of setting to you. Ah, yes, let me peruse this tome. Ointment, yes, indeed. <laughs> Digestive. Mm-hmm. It's like a library for for uh, first graders. <laughs> I do see drug on there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, page. Uh, move to the first page. You get the land of Wano, flower capital. It's um. It's still weird to me that the the castle's on top of the tree and the tree is bent like that. It's still weird. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, 
But as someone in the crowd calls out, another sighting. There's been another go. And um, I guess this is like the newsman with his holding his newspaper aloft and singing the news. He says, there's been another ghost sighting, folks. A tale to chill the bones. Woo. Um, I don't know why there's music there. I gotta sing. Um, the latest oh, ghosts are singing, you know. <laughs> the latest update about the ghost sightings of the northern graveyard: reports of a hitokiri or man killer striking on the eighth block of District Two. The culprit, the infamous Hitokiri Kamazo, the man with the scythe. We all know it's him. They can never catch him. Hey, it's kind of like our president. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's got some hair there. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unlike our president. <laughs> Long, beautiful hair. <laughs> um, but there's also uh, there's a, meanwhile another attack by Ushimitsu Kozo, the boy who strikes at the third hour of the bull. Do we know what the third hour of the bull is? Uh, I think that's like 2.30 a.m. or something like that. Okay. Um, you know, it's similar to the, uh, well, you know, we'll see at the bottom of the page, but the, um, you know, the, the archaic uh, forms of telling time for Japan. Right. right. Um, so this uh, Ushimitsu Kozo, he steals from the rich and gives to the poor in their row houses. Is he hero or knave? Who is this mysterious fellow? And uh, we get here and eek, it's, Yoshi, it's Ushimitsu. I, also, I almost said Yoshimitsu. That'd be much different. Um, but we see that he has a crescent moon on his ankle. And Usopp is walking by. And someone says, I'll take one of those. I guess he means one of the newspapers. Um, and the newsman continues to call again. Gather around, buy your own. This special issue's got all the scoops. But uh, this, I guess this, we're, we're to assume this is Ushimitsu Kozo here. With the... Mm. Maybe. Uh, it could, it's it's hard it to could say. be. It's hard to say. Well, it, it, it's uh, some Kozuki because you can see the tattoo. But yeah, I, I definitely thought it was Ushimitsu at first. And then as we kind of go on to see a bunch of other random Kozuki sympathetics, I was right. just kind of like, mm, this might just be a random guy. It's hard to say. Could be. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so he, he sees that someone has slipped a card into his newspaper. The reverse Crescent Moon. He's excited by this. Who, who did that? But... Um, I noticed, yeah. uh, uh, so he, he, so Ushimitsu strikes at the third hour of the bull. I think it's worth noting that Ushi means bull. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like that's. And Mitsu is, is three. So, yeah. Um, it's part of his name. That's why I sort of like, you know, wrote it all out like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ushimitsu was the, uh, was he the other, uh, besides Ashira Doji and, um. There was Kawamatsu and there was Den, Denjiro, I think. Yeah, the other yeah. names mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, not to correct you, but I know you're saying that uh, this guy was reading a newspaper. That's not how I read this page. This, Did you read uh, it as like Usopp passing off the note or something? That's what I thought. The, the way the samurai is just this samurai is walking by. Someone's yeah, buying. He's not, he's not oh, holding one, anything. one newspaper, please. That's happening off screen. Mm-hmm. What Usopp is doing here is he's kind of just doing like the pickpocket reverse pickpocket mm, okay. uh and slip it into this guy's uh clothes yeah. uh and then this guy's like yeah. wait a second uh and sorry if i heard you wrong i thought you said like oh this guy's no no that's that's probably right i only got to read this once before we started the show so mm-hmm. uh, busy day yeah today. so i believe that is actually what's happening not, not not to be not to be all well actually but... i don't know <laughs> it could be important Anyway, let's move on to the next page. Joey, tell us about this, yeah, like, and I this think, rogues I think gallery what, of people here. Yeah, I think that's what we're seeing here then in this montage is 
uh, folks like Usopp and Shachi and Penguin and um, Beppo, I assume, with the <laughs> thing over his head. Um, I think what they're doing is doing that same thing as sort of uh, secretly passing on this note to people that have that tattoo. And yeah, we get to see some interesting looking folks. It'll be interesting to see if any of them turn out to be, you know, uh, you know, forefront characters or if they're going to just be uh, background people. But um, we get a guy with like a super elaborately uh, carved goatee. Uh, yeah. It looks kind of like a crane or like a bird or something. I don't well, know. There's a guy with mutton chops at the top there too. Mm-hmm. And the yep, one, the yep. one at the bottom who looks like a character from Golden Conway. I was gonna say it looked like a Tezuka drawing because I think mm. a mixture of that, uh, that um, screen tone for the background yeah, and uh-huh. his like hairstyle and and big eyebrows and stuff, he just looks mm. very uh, old the dude school the, manga. The, dude with the beard looks like a Daruma doll. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I just uh, I love the I love this this kind of setup this in, visual implication that like they're they're just sort of like walking around with these little stacks of of flyers and they're just looking for the right people so they can like hand them off like hey dude you want a party hey you want a party <laughs> party of the century yeah it's your nice guy so these people start to uh, you know wonder you know has the Kazuki clan returned and we see some other people kind of discussing amongst themselves. Uh, whether or not this is legit and uh, you know one says you know why be suspicious this is uh, the great spark that they needed uh, and and says like well I'm going and then we see an older guy uh, and this is some interesting information that he puts out he says that you know if he were younger uh, he would definitely want to fight but he's wondering what they're going to do for weapons because uh, no one but um, samurai are allowed to carry katana now uh, by the law, and we hear then that Orochi has banned uh, all dojos for sword, karate, and uh, judo, um, and removed all combat training, um, thus uprooting any orga- uh, organized rebellion against him, um, to which we see, uh, I think this is the same guy at the top that said that he was going, saying that he doesn't care, um, he- he'd fight barehanded, uh, if he has to, um, and that this is their final chance. Uh, it's what I've been waiting for. My body trembles uh, with the urge to join battle. Uh, and <laughs> then in the bottom panel here, right after we'd been told that no one's allowed to have swords, we see uh, <laughs> Usopp just flailing a sword around in public uh, and saying, you know, come one, come all. Uh, if you've no haste uh, with time to spare, um, then step right up and see my wares. It's see okay. It's Usopp's rubber sword. <laughs> see my vest. <laughs> yeah, there is a little little Lyle Anley there uh, in uh, in Usopp's styling. Yeah. I like the super giant person in the background. That big headed yeah. person oh, yeah. with a bandana that's uh, looking at them. Uh, my wares aren't for you. They're more of a Kano kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a Kanoville idea. <laughs> Yeah, let He-Man fight. Come on, he just he wants to fight so bad. He's got the He-Man hair. Yeah, Prince <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Looks like Prince Adam ate Orko. <laughs> and uh, I forget their names. Uh, man, man at arms. I'm trying to think of the 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 the, the guy who likes to tackle. 
Uh, Jill's next. Yep. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> There's a guy with a big claw, a big crab claw, and then a little crab claw. I remember uh, that guy. Claw. I think his name was Claw. Not Clawful. It's a, It's some sort of dumb pun. Like uh, Claw. Clawador. Claw <laughs> Everyone's fake name is Clawador. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, so we go off onto a residence. Um, they're like, uh, no Yisha is needed here. I won't have anyone approaching this room. Um, and then they're having some kind of shady dealing. Do we know who these guys are? Or is this the first time nope. they popped up? No. I mean, just by the dialogue, that's all we're supposed to know is that they're corrupt officials, because that's what corrupt officials say in every Japanese crime movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I love how Oda's laying it on real thick here with the, like, the little uh, stone lanterns and the bamboo and the koi <laughs> pond, like, mm-hmm. it's all all in this, cramming it all into one panel. Uh, fancy guys. So they're doing what corrupt people do, and they're ordering armor and weapons, um, and they're like, oh, is there going to be a war? Um, I don't know what goes on across the sea. Apparently they just fund it. Um, and then above them, there is Nami peering out of the ceiling with a spyglass, listening in on their conversation. And these guys, I don't know who, which one's Quirk is which, but the you're a wicked fellow. And then he's like, uh, I am? Like, he doesn't understand that he's like a corrupt government official. This is just what goes on for him. Well, I think it's more like so the the guy with the dark hair uh, who keeps doing the uh, 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 kind of doing the count laugh. He um, like that seems to be his catchphrase is, is you know, it's a, it's a very like sort of typical Japanese thing like, oh, you you are a wicked guy. You know, oh, he's, you know, what a what a devious idea you've come up with. And, you know, he's like saying it in these you know like semi inappropriate moments where it's like that didn't really have anything to do with what i said but uh, all right so that's why the other guy is like huh uh, okay <laughs> uh and yeah so nami's looking with the spyglass um and shinobu's talking about how she is too old to do it herself so she's coaching nami on how to get the information from the documents and nami's trying to search around the guy's head when suddenly uh he notices the Kind of obvious spyglass with Nami's giant <laughs> eyes sticking out of the ceiling. Why did she stick it through the whole crowd? I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Closer, I... Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved this because I just finished watching this, like, old-timey Japan uh, crime, you know, procedural-type show where there was so many just, like, uh, you know, secret dealings, and then someone would be just sitting on the other side of the room, peering through a hole in the, like, paper walls and stuff, and it just seems so obvious. It's like, somebody's <laughs> right there. Can't you see them? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... you, see, you see their boom mic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, it looks like they've been had. Um, newbie Kunoichi Onami there, looking cute in her outfit, uh, that she's made as appropriate as possible with uh, what she's been given. Uh, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cute. Um, and a, what, like a basento or something just shoots out through the ceiling. Um, and Nami is screaming, but in her head, or whispering, one of those, whatever that denotes. Um, and Shinobu is just outright screeching. Because <laughs> that is what ninjas do. I have watched Naruto. <laughs> um, and she's like, you don't have to shout so loud. Shinobu doesn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> screaming throughout the entire ceiling which has a bunch of headroom 
Um, it's like, who goes there? And with, I assume with every like jab, it's who goes yeah. there? Who goes there? Who goes there? Um, and finally, Nami just reaches over and just like, and like what's kind of terrifying looking, just grabs <laughs> Shinobu's mouth horizontally. Um, so doesn't seem to help. No, does no. not. Just can't grab her whole mouth. It's just too big. I, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember. I actually I forget the context myself, but I I was talking about this not too long ago that. Um, about a, like a, a saying that who is a Zoro maybe was saying it where it was something about like you know oh if you're a true ninja or you're a samurai like when they stick their spear through the ceiling you're supposed to wipe the blood off of the blade like as they pull it out and you don't make a sound so that mm. they can't tell that you're up there so that's literally kind of what you know what the situation is is they're they're hiding up above you know in the crawl space. And uh, the uh, you know the guy is is trying to stab them through the ceiling, and um, but much feeling. less cool like <laughs> follow through. <laughs> yeah. He's just tearing up the uh, the property values there. Uh, so yes, yeah, so on the next page uh, we we get a long shot of the um, of the mansion here, and uh, they're you know shouting. There's an intruder among the eaves, and. Uh, quick thinking Nami makes a little meow, makes a little cat noise uh, to try to throw them off, but Shinobu is still screaming. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, wait, no, it's an intruder and a cat. Yes, and, that's right. <laughs> and then uh, and then she takes off. Uh, she, she, she Shinobu finally does something useful. She uses her great kite uh, ability, and it's sort of like a you know flying squirrel or something where um, she's catching the wind. And they're they're flying off. the uh, The guys back at the uh, at the place cannot find them. Um, but oh, Nami says your your nimpo skills are amazing. And uh, so then it's time to say, all right, what did we find out? What did you manage to see, Onami? And uh, she and Nami says, I saw the name of the port and the shipment day. And Shinobu says, Ah, that's perfect. So then we'll know when and where the weapons are showing up so that we can snatch them. So there you go. There's the answer already is where will we get the weapons? Uh, this, you know, they, we don't even need the details. It's just going to happen now. So this uh, is like, this is weapons made in Wano that they sell yeah. for export. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, I, I mean, I don't know if it's in, if it's supposed to be in, uh, insinuated that these guys are doing this like, outside of uh orochi's purview or if like they're just sort of part of this whole corrupt uh you know administration this tyrannical administration that is uh removing the rights of the the citizens uh and you know they're just letting these guys do whatever they want but um yeah at any rate that that will solve that that question um and uh as they as they swoop away uh into the sunset uh, Shinobu says, by the way, did I ever tell you that I have a terrible fear of pointed objects? <laughs> and Nami points out that this you know, makes it sound like Shinobu is not really cut out for any kind of tactical work whatsoever. No kind of battle for you. And she says, yet there is no weapon deadlier than a mature woman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and that earns a silent, silent reaction from Nami. Um but as they swoop by, uh, they happen to see down on the uh, the main thoroughfare here, there's an enormous snaking line of people all lined up for something. What is it for? Is it a bargain sale? Uh, no, it is the soba cart cook Sangoro. And we see him 
with a huge, uh, you know, hunk of of dough, and he's just chopping it up uh, immediately into noodles. Uh, Come and have a serving, ladies. And he says, melts on your tongue, but al dente between your teeth. It's my special soba, which may be the dirtiest thing that Oda has ever written uh, in one piece. Um, Sanji's <laughs> sweet cream defeated Big Mom, so I don't know if yeah. you can say that. that is true. Um, and Nami immediately is like, oh, oh no, oh God. Um, and uh, Sanji is, is continuing his sales pitch. When you want the finest noodles, money can buy. Nothing short of Sangaro's special soba will suffice. And we see the, uh, the ladies down below are... Uh, at the end of the line, they're finally getting their bowl. Oh, they're they're practically shining. Oh, they're so chewy. It's delicious. And uh, Nami retorts that the, these are not samurai that he is recruiting. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, there is a shadowy figure uh, who is um, apparently a business rival. Does that boy have any idea whose turf he's muscling in on? Mm, my and, guess would be that is uh, Guy Fieriyama. <laughs> yeah, he muscled into Flavortown. That's the no-no. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, there's actually uh, some some very clever uh, Japanese wordplay that I, I will explain right here, and you'll see why it is completely, absolutely untranslatable. Um, so you guys may remember back uh, a couple chapters ago when we had uh, Caleb on, and that was a chapter where we were in, I think, Okobori town and maybe Bakura. And uh, there were, you know, a bunch of those little signs for different businesses and stuff. And we, we mentioned that there was, uh, there was a Nihachi soba, um, which is a, a type of soba. And Nihachi specifically refers to the ratio. Uh, it's, it's two and eight, looks like 28. Um, and it refers to like the, the ratio of flour, like you use two parts, like white flour versus eight parts, um, you know, like the, the darker, yeah, buckwheat, something like that. And, um, so that's like a specific type, you know, it gives you a certain type of noodle. And so in, in some of these lines, he's talking about, oh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's made with special, uh, Nihachi, um, soba. And the thing is the, the term for, for special soba he uses a particular word in Japanese, which is ohako. And ohako is, I don't know exactly how this came about, but it's just one of those um, weird sort of language artifacts that refers to like your your specialty or your, you know, the thing that you are known for. Um, but it is, it is written with the number, with the kanji for 18. Um, so it's pronounced ohaku, but it is written with, um, with 18. And so he makes this whole joke where, okay, so he uses Nihachi, so two and eight, and it's from Sangoro, which is Sanji, he, he, with his, his, uh, his kanji that he uses is three and five, San and Go. So two, eight, five, and three all adds up to 18 for his ohako. So it's like his whole sales pitch is this big elaborate bit of wordplay. And it was really cool. And I was like, man, there is absolutely no way this is ever going to make sense. <laughs> Uh, you know, in translation. So um, that's why we have the podcast. Shame. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, that next... was awesome. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> next page. Uh, at the evacuation labor camp uh, in Udon Wano. Excavation. excavation. The evacuation <laughs> labor camp is. They're, well, they're they're evacuating them from society. There we go. Nice <laughs> to... Mandatory evacuation zones. <laughs> 
You guys it's have been awesome. in. Uh, you guys are a little shell shocked from being in California. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Uh, when is it? Isn't when isn't it too soon? I'm a hero. It, hey, it was here. windy yesterday, and my first thought was fear. Ooh. Yeah, but it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Sure. So mudslides. <laughs> Jeez, man, I'm never going to California. And this is also a weapons factory. We hear strike the iron, haul the stone. If you don't do the work, then die. And free up space for someone who can, as someone gets whipped. Uh, Witch, not like that. There's a whip, uh, there's a way. Small old man wheezes. Uh, a small little dumpling is dropped into his bowl. He says, this is all I get for an entire day of work. And uh, the worker says, one quarter portion. <laughs> <laughs> This guy is hey, that guy sounds like Simon Pig. He says <laughs> it's one melee dumpling for every five blocks of stone you all. Millet. Sounds like it, it's millet. Millet? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. If Took it was Millet, then it would be much fancier. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, it is a prison. Um <laughs> only the fanciest millet dumplings, yeah. <laughs> Like, sounds like in your old age, you can't guarantee enough good work to earn the food you need, old man. Yeah. I think that's his name. That's his name. <laughs> I thought it was his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the end is not for you, huh? As he just whips him, uh, the guy with the laughing name. Uh, the the Punisher, the punish, not the Punisher. The punish. uh, Thomas Jane is the Punisher. Uh, the punishment for speaking back to a jailer is amputation. And uh, as these men uh, try to comfort this old man with a laugh, uh, <laughs> no, his name is Old Man Hugh. Uh, it's like don't fight back, preserve your strength. Uh, you're gonna die. And as uh, this uh, jailer calls next, it's like ah, oh, four tickets. It's a lot of hard work for millet dumplings for hmm and we see running uh from the distance we move it move it it's like and i'll crush anyone who dares get in my way we see <laughs> luffy and kid both carrying giant blocks of stone on their backs running through the rest i was gonna say too i'm not sure if this is uh what like a what the reference is for but when the guy's name is old man hyo I was kind of reminded that not his mouth, uh, but his eyes, uh, like this, the very exaggerated eyes and eyebrows kind of look like the Hyotoko masks, which mm. are uh, these very distinctive, um, like uh, traditional masks from, it's from a certain region of Japan where they have like, uh, you would probably recognize them from, they have mouths that look like the guy's puckering and it's like super elongated, like he's going mm. with his mouth. Um, but the eyes and the um, the eyebrows look like it's Hyotoko is the name of the thing. So I was like, oh, maybe that's what Hyo is for. Interesting. Yeah, that goggles. guy's character design is crazy. Like, he yeah. looks like he kind of looks like he would be he like it. What it reminded me of actually is Battle Angel Alita. Like the art, like the the way that his like face fits together and stuff is all really weird and jumbled in a way that uh, I doesn't. I don't know. It it feels very strange to me. <laughs> Yeah. All right, next page. All right. Um, so on the next page, Luffy and Bakugo, I mean Kid, are <laughs> yeah. uh, on, you. on their way to uh, deliver their gigantic blocks. Uh, 
also I think it's really admirable that um, that kid managed to lift that block with just one arm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. His regular arm. That's right. His regular arm. <laughs> um, and uh, the people who are loading the blocks onto the uh, the boat for transport say, "Wait, wait, we can't hold anymore. You can get the next boat over here." So they're they're delivering large uh, large cement blocks uh, faster than they can take them away. Um, and the the slow pokes are berated for being so slow. And uh, the uh, I guess the the head. Uh, one of the head guys says, ah, how many stones does that make? I lost count around 500. <laughs> Were they wearing the sea prism stone cuffs? His, his, uh, <laughs> his expression changes almost immediately. And, uh, and yes, in fact, they were wearing uh, sea stone cuffs. And they still had that much strength. And these guys are monsters. Have you ever read One Piece? Uh, <laughs> then, what are they wa- then what are they capable of when the cuffs come off? <laughs> For that one, uh, you need to read Dragon Ball. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Kid and Luffy are um, are demanding their food because, yeah, well, they, we did the work. Now feed us. Like the, this is, hey, you wanted us to do this, so we did it. So give us our, uh, give us our millet. Uh, and the next, so in the next panel, Kid and Luffy are um, chomping down on uh, a. Each of them has their own modest portion of of millet dumplings, which. Uh, <laughs> can't be you know it's too delicious but hey if that's the only thing you eat uh you know you gotta eat i guess it's uh, nice of them that they had the two novelty size dishes to hold <laughs> <laughs> they probably had it to like tease all the other prisoners with like one millet in it or something yeah. <laughs> they kind of look like the big sake cup that uh mm. um that, well oh, oh yes well that too yeah. yeah i was gonna say orlumbus or uh but that yeah, shanks and whitebeard both drank out of yeah yeah um, but, uh, they're, they're basically, <laughs> they're sort of in competition with each other, which is, uh, which is very excellent. Um, chowing down on their millet dumplings. Luffy says, Hey, I beat you. I got one more. And kid tells him, no way, fool. I outpaced you. Clown. <laughs> is, uh, isn't this how little garden started? Yeah. Uh, what is the, uh, what is Jaggy? That's his hair. I assume. Oh, yeah. And, so, and his, just his general look overall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess this is a, uh, so he says, how many times do you have to make that trip to get to this most food? So, uh, another prisoner says, but yeah, uh, Luffy calls him a uh, Jaggy. And I'm assuming that's sort of like uh Traffy or Torao. Yeah. I, I, that's what, that's the feeling that I'm getting. The premonition that I'm getting is that that's going to be his like shorthand for kid. Oh God. Interesting. <laughs> uh, well, what is it in Japanese? I'm just curious. It's uh was it Gizao. So Giza Giza is like, you know, the onomatopoeia or the, the descriptive word for something that is jagged or ragged or um, you know, it's like it's not spiky, but it's, um, you know, very much not uniform in nature. I wonder <laughs> if it's he's because he's missing a real another... jag off. <laughs> yeah, it's a jag off. So uh, they, they banter back and forth. Uh, Livy calls him Jaggy and uh, Kid calls him a stupid monkey that cannot even count. Um I really love this rivalry. It's it's super fun to watch. Um, they're they're both they're they're both so evenly matched. Um, and uh, the guards are are noticing. Well, I thought they were both heavily injured after a few days of working, eating, and sleeping. They seem to be the picture of perfect health now. How do their bodies even work? That's what we're all asking constantly. <laughs> and uh, and of course they they uh, ask the uh, the eternal question: How are we supposed to break their spirits like this? Go on, say something to them. 
And then the guard says, hey, slow down and chew your food. <laughs> like, oh, what are you there, mom? And, and wax him like a Monzai, uh, like a Monzai act. Very yeah. funny. <laughs> you broke nothing. <laughs> and um, we hear rah in the distance. And um, what could that possibly be? It's a, it's a hippo. But <laughs> it's not a frog. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Definitely uh, not a frog. He, he is enraged. He says, Fess up! Who's the prisoner who devoured all the food in the storehouse? Um, that's Master Dobon. His hippo fusion's really weird. Uh, <laughs> and Dobon, it, it that's is. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Who dares to defy the vice warden? It's hard to understand him because the hippo will close its mouth whenever it feels like it. <laughs> That hippo looks like the baby hippo from the Impelled Down anime filler. Yeah. All grown up. I love that it's it's like it's a hippo trailer. It only has the back legs. No, his front legs are jutting from the jaw. Yeah, but that's that's Dabon's legs. But the hippo legs are just the back ones. It's a good two legged hippo. I love his jaunty little head. Um. So yeah, <laughs> he's he's in darkness, and they can tell that he is saying something in there, but I can't tell what. Uh, but another one of the jailers says, "Here they are. These are your culprits." Uh, <coughs> hang on, I'll, I'll digest this. Um, they've stuffed themselves silly. Never seen a prisoner get fat in here. I'm almost kind of jealous. Um, oh my god, I love that kid. Like, <laughs> look at him. Look at him, people. What an absolute unit. <laughs> I mean, like... It's the I, mileage was, on this bad boy. <laughs> if there was any, if there was any like, theory as to, like, oh, well, the only reason Luffy gets fat when he eats is because he's made of rubber, well, I mean, nope. that, Yeah. Just slap him on the back. This baby could fit so many fucking millet dumplings in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lad, he's coming. <laughs> uh, okay, um... So it was yeah. you! Thanks to the two of you, I won't have enough for my huge portion! There's three measly dumplings sound right for a mouth this size! And uh, as they shrink before his eyes. Um, listen up, just to warn you, if you should be bold enough to actually defy a jailer, we cut off your arms for the first infraction, and your legs for the second. Hey, look who's there! <laughs> it's, that, uh, some oh asshole. Boy. it's that guy! It's that guy! He's doing well. Yeah. Look at him. Anyway, uh, but that's not the important person right now. The important person's in the cage with the eyes, presumably the same person who flicked the fishbone. Um, yep. uh, well, it can't be Caribou. <laughs> no, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sure. What did I? Go what ahead. did I say last week? Oh, I think we'll see Caribou pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. I think those God. are my words. I'm yeah. sure we will, Stephen. And we see Caribou get sucked up into a <laughs> airplane turbine. I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah. No, no that's so it's Not looking like his like. <laughs> Very important, valuable information has uh, done much for him. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, but if you do it, if you do it a third time, you'll be put to death. So watch out. Dead grandma I, would be spinning in her grave if she were alive to see this. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to point out. Um, it, there's this is echoed again on the uh, the next page, but I think it's interesting that uh, and, and very instructive as to the difference between their characters that. Uh, Luffy and Kid, so they're you know they're both like mirror images of each other. They're competing and they're doing all this stuff. But you'll notice that it is Luffy who sees Old Man Hyo lying on the ground and reacts to that. And Kid has no, mm -hmm. you know, Kid doesn't pay any attention to him 
whatsoever. So I think that's like old man Hyo is like the foil here who demonstrates how they are different from one another. Mm. Sort of like if they were on a D and D chart, Luffy would be lawful or uh, chaotic good, and uh, I guess Kid would be chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to call him evil quite yet. Um, so, uh, so um, Dobon. By the way, uh, Dobon's a headliner, and uh, those are normally named after card games, right? Is that like some sort of card game that we're not familiar oh, with? Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, double on like the sound of the game uh, or the name. <laughs> it, it sounds like I don't know. It sounds like uh, like something heavy being dropped into water, like the boom. Uh, so I, I think with a, a hippo, like a big plotting hippo, it kind of felt felt uh, natural to me. But uh, I didn't even look that up to see if there was. It, a... um, let's see. When I Google Dobon card game, I get Daifugo, the Japanese card game. So. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's part of that. That's uh, that's like millionaire or presidents. Uh, the grand um, grand millionaire is what it's uh, apparently called. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for a second there, I was thinking Kerplunk, but it's not a <laughs> card game. Apparently, people who've read Fruits Basket might recognize that. Oh, it says okay. Doban is a term for the ending of Japanese mahjong. Oh, that too. where a player loses all their points. Interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> clearly, this guy lost the. Uh... <laughs> He, he got a he got a he got a bad hand when getting his smile ability. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> passing out the devil first? Like, oh, what's gonna happen? To oh yeah, I'm gonna be a hippo, the most dangerous animal known to man. <laughs> I mean, then, that's true, actually, but he's just, yeah. just dorky. Super funny. Uh, but of course, he says that's correct. You have no right to fight back. And the uh, kid explains, hey, hey, look, we're weaklings now. Our power's been drained by this sea prism stone, but. <laughs> They're like, I love how strong they are at this point that they're just like walk like see prism stone used to make Luffy like really weak looking. But now he's sort of just like, yeah, I just I just don't have my powers. This is. Uh, but of course, Luffy, the only thing Luffy is uh, concerned about is the fact that old man Hyo is has been beaten. Um, and you can clearly see that in this panel where he is. Uh, he's angry. But Kid explains that oh, like we did honest work and that's that. And uh, before uh, before he can say any more. Uh, the hippo chomps down on both of them and uh, tells them that they're guilty of eating his food. And now you must learn. <laughs> and uh, one of the guards explains that inside of the hippo's mouth is Master Doban's chamber of slaughter. Uh, oh, that's uh, that's the best movie in the sequence. Hippo Potter <laughs> and the Chamber of Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, writing that one down. Um... And uh, <laughs> uh, before before uh, they can say anything else, everybody's shocked to see that something's going on inside that there hippo. And with a wham and a crack and a hippo, uh, um, Doban falls down with a thud. And we see Luffy and Kid walk out of uh, Doban's mouth, Luffy with Old Man Hyo in hand. And I guess you could say that uh, Kid is an ass-kicking fat kid. Learned it from a video game. Uh, <laughs> um, they're walking away from the uh, the hippo, and everybody is completely shocked uh, and sees that Vice Warden Dobon has been uh, Doboned. Um, uh, but they're not. They don't seem too too worried. Well, they the guy's sweating, and he says, "Oh, you've done it now. The death penalty for sure." And Luffy uh, has his favorite uh, has his favorite famous "What did I do?" face. 
um, <laughs> as uh, as kid looks menacingly and says, "Where is your proof?" And they're like, "Huh?" And all the other prisoners are are ecstatic with glee and I don't know that, that one guy looks awfully vil- awfully evil there. That, that the one guy in the back looks like Thomas the, the Tank face. Engine. The, the, the emoji guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> we, I can verify that is indeed a Thomas the Tank Engine. We, we've we've threatened it for years, and he's finally he's finally in one piece. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, he anyway. had Diesel. So that's right, Hello. Diesel. Now Thomas. Keep it going. Nice job, you guys. Everybody, cheers. You can, I, I love this panel because you can you can see uh, you can see how many prisoners are all around them, like the the scale of the prison, like uh, uh, yeah. the background to uh, to to the two quote unquote heroes in the foreground, aka the shining stars of the prison yard. Uh, so it looks like uh, Luffy and Kid are now the big men on campus. Look at that um, goofy smile on Kid's face. Yeah, I like it. Oh man, I like the two of them. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. To be continued, it says. Oh shit! Wait, what? If if Luffy and Kid got eaten by the hippo, does that mean they were the prisoners of Azkaba? <laughs> the... <laughs> oh my god! That's the pun. What's the pun here? Kaba. That's hippo. the well. That's yeah. That's hippo. That's the uh, Waffle's whole thing. Like you, Kaba, instead yeah. of Baka. Yeah, oh jeez. Very good. So okay. would he have digested them if he ate them, or is it like the hippo digesting them? I I I, I would assume it's just that the no, hippo no. closes its mouth, so they're trapped in there. Yeah, and he yeah. would beat them up. Yeah, with like his arms. <laughs> yeah. Is there a throat behind the hippo? <laughs> no, Maybe. as far you know, I wonder because like, um, what's his face, the lion guy? Hold him. Yeah, hold him. Right. Like it seemed like his lion belly could eat, but on mm. the other hand, like. Hillbone seems to be in the way. So the hippo. Oh. <laughs> like... You know what? I just, I just noticed something too, Stephen. Luffy's walking away with the goblet of heel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> all right, we're all going to ask a band for these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, that was the chapter. Um, let's see what y'all thought. Um, let's start with Jill this week. Okay. Um, it wasn't bad. The first part kind of dragged. I understand it's like transitioning, showing that they're how they're giving out the information about the Kozuki clan and everything. Um, so I don't really mind it. It was just kind of slow. But this last part was great. Um, everything with Kid and Luffy is fantastic. I like them being rivals, even in a prison setting. Um, I really like Fat Kid a lot. <laughs> fat Kid. That Fat Kid. <laughs> yeah, kicking Fat Kid. Um. Bon, uh his character design. I don't know if like Oda has like a dartboard where he has like animals and like how he wants them combined and stuff. Um, but this is great. I'm a little depressed that the millet bowls weren't spilled, so we didn't have like a hungry, hungry hippos like oh scene go on. So that's all I can think of. But um, yeah, I'm excited for the prison scene. I guess it looks really good. Um, don't give a shit about caribou. He could just stay in the background in every every scene, and that'd be it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what comes up next. Great. Uh, Joey? I thought this was a really fun chapter. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I I guess I didn't... One thing I didn't realize until this chapter was how big Shinobu was. Um, 
uh, until uh, Nami like is trying to shush her by squeezing her mouth. I was just, I shouldn't be surprised <laughs> at this point how giant characters are, but uh, yeah, she was a lot bigger than I thought. And I really love that uh, pair of pages where uh, we've got the kite and then uh, Sanji cooking. I think the art on this is like really, really great. And the like composition doing some really interesting stuff uh, with the comics pages. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't really touch on this. Uh, the guy, uh, the wanted poster for the guy, the uh, Kamazo. Um, we all assume that that's the one of the other missing members with the ponytail that we keep seeing the silhouette yeah, of. It seems likely, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's got a similar I, I, name, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting and cool. And I, I liked how Oda like used this sort of like um, different smudgy ink style to, to show that to also to sort of obscure his character design a little bit, um, which I think is cool. Um, yeah, and then of course, yeah, the 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 big uh, sort of uh, payoff for this uh, chapter was that second half with Kid and Luffy, and it's fun to see. Like Kid didn't particularly interest me, but once we actually get him having antics with Luffy, I'm starting to warm up to him uh, a bit more. Um, yeah, he didn't throw it in Luffy's face that um, that he was doing all this work with one arm, which is. <laughs> which is uh, could have been uh, a bar uh, chip uh, in his favor. But boy, I love uh, Dubon. Um, I love that character design. I just was laughing about it so much. Uh, I definitely laughed out loud when I was uh, reading this. Um, and yeah, my favorite feature of his is, is as Stephen mentioned, that he doesn't have uh, arms uh, or front feet, um, uh, except for the feet of uh the, the human section of him fit, uh, sticking out of his chin, which I think is amazing. Uh, Oda is really uh, pushing his character designs in amazing ways uh, with these with these smile fruits. Um, but yeah, that, that's about it. I just thought it was a really fun fun chapter. Um, it does seem like, man, it does. It, it was one of those things where I was like, Wano's going to be long when we're setting up a whole like another plot with Sanji and a rival cook or something and now we're getting this uh, prison storyline and stuff uh, we're, we're getting now that part two is is happening we're setting up all sorts of other storylines to follow through I guess yeah but now we'll have a cooking contest in canon yeah <laughs> yeah That's all I a want. true shokugeki yeah man. <laughs> be great um also okay, no Steven. no character who looks like he's hoovering cocaine constantly <laughs> uh yeah the um man this chapter was packed with um with stuff and uh you know i guess i'll, I'll start with the the last you know the the whole luffy scene uh you know obviously yes yeah, super funny uh loved loved the bone as well especially uh like the when you when you like the more that you look at him the more you realize that like his human body is like just perpetually in like a really wide leg squat too. His <laughs> legs are super far spread apart. Um, just, yeah, it's like stuff like that where it's just like, this is why you can't, you just can't ever give up on one piece or, or stop reading one piece because you just never know what kind of ridiculous design he's, he's going to come up with next. Um, so yeah, that was, that was super funny. And I think it was, it, it served well to, um, 
to, I guess, kind of remind us. It's like, okay, so yeah, we'll still, you know, Luffy for now is still kind of on his own. It's not like we've, we're being, you know, starting off act two with them breaking out of prison already, but um, that we get just enough to see kind of what he's doing in there uh, in the meantime, while we're catching up on the, uh, the other characters. Um, the, uh, the other stuff was all, I think it was really interesting. And again, like very kind of potent material where he's just packing so much information uh, into this uh, stuff. And I think especially that first uh, page with the, um, you know, the guy with the extra extra um, with all these little details where like when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, well, this is like a really, um, this is a really in-depth story that he's describing or a complicated story that he's describing until I realized, oh no, these are all like separate, um, like, uh, you know, they're all like tabloid um, articles in this, you know, this one sheet that he is selling. Um, and uh, it made me wonder, uh, especially since this is, you know, at this precise moment in the arc, we don't really know like, okay, is this uh, is any of this stuff just flavor text? Is are these all characters who are going to be revealed? You know, to be um, the Kozuki related samurai, like these uh, these people that we're seeing in the montage sequence. Like, are these going to be uh, important characters, or is Oda just like, you know, is he just having like a whole you know going out of business sale, like sweepstakes on just every character design? You know, just dream up all of these characters. They're not even going to be characters, mm -hmm. but. You know, we might as well just uh, design oh. these these crazy Japanese guy looking guys. It's also like Oda's been watching so many Japanese movies for the last 20 years and could not fit any of these designs that were inspired by them into any other arc. Except right. For one right. based on old Japan. Right. So uh, so it was kind of fascinating in that sense. And, um, you know, even like you can even see that he basically kind of accelerated uh, several, you know, or brought up and answered several questions in like the span of a couple pages where it was like, okay, uh, so the people can't, you know, the people have not been able to mount a, an organized resistance on their own because of these reasons and we need weapons. And then, okay, here's where the weapons are going to come from. We're going to be able to get that. He kind of yada yada that whole thing to accelerate it because we can get the sense that, okay, this is just sort of the starting point for this, uh, you know, rebellion arc against uh, Orochi and, and everything. Um, and I will say, uh, particularly with those those pages, that I, I got the sense, and I'm not saying that, that I necessarily am that afraid that this is, is going to happen, but it was kind of the first point. So going through Wano, I think he's had this really breakneck, like very efficient pace of... Um, you know, introducing uh, little story bits and then, you know, using them up and kind of moving us forward to the next scene and the next, uh, you know, moving us up to the next level uh, into the, uh, you know, kind of the the backstory and the explaining how everything fits together in Wano and, and whatnot. And I feel like he's, you know, that's been for, for good reason, because it's obviously going to be a very big arc and he doesn't want to get uh, hung up on like the small time stuff. So we're kind of accelerating through this stuff. But it was definitely the first point where I was like considering, OK, so we've got all these different names for samurai and we've got these, um, you know, we've we're introduced to these new sort of almost apocryphal figures and we've got these other designs of samurai and. Uh, you know, we've had these brief scenes with characters like Shinobu and Shutenmaru, and it, it did make me, you know, wonder, like, 
is this is is it a potentially a bad sign that that maybe he's going to go through all of this so fast that none of the like side characters really ever get kind of fleshed out into being feeling like proper characters or are they all just going to be these very brief set pieces and uh you know I don't I don't know I don't I don't have any reason to believe that it's definitely going to to happen that way but I think this was the first chapter where I was like okay all of these characters and then now there's this there's a mystery figure in the prison and now there's a mystery figure on the cooking uh area and it it just you know almost feels like it's overwhelming as far as like how can how can all of these things end up being important or, or getting the uh the amount of time that he could potentially uh, devote to them if he wanted to so yeah, um, we haven't definitely... even gotten to Orochi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's still several, you know, big characters that we have not seen yet. So, um so that that did cross uh, my mind, but um you know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily to the detriment of of this chapter or or where we are right now because uh, it's just been tons of fun the last couple of chapters. I think he's just um he's really on a roll. All right. Uh Steve. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I I I don't want to say like oh I don't like it as much as last week's chapter but I think that's not a fair assessment considering like last week's chapter was very fan servicey because it was a half around the world chapter um, the fun parts are fun uh, Oda's gags continued to be like on point um, I'm really liking the character quirks um, which Shinobu I I think he got it in his head that after creating uh, uh, the character from Film Gold that like any chibi character now is actually giant. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? um, Mr. Tanaka. Uh, Mr. Tanaka. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone thought, oh, he's going to be like chopper size, right? And he's huge. So uh, <laughs> Shinobu's not quite as big, but I think now it's kind of like changed the way I look at some characters. But I got really nervous reading this chapter from the beginning because I thought, oh, God, all these character names I'm going to have to remember and they're all going to be very Japanese. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like uh, a lot of the characters we saw at the beginning of this chapter could be like the equivalent of uh, the white beard pirates and allies. It's like, yeah, you can remember their names, but you know, don't kill yourself over it. Uh, Zach is probably scribbling down trivia ideas as we speak, listening to this. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to just trying to think of if there's anything else I could say that really hasn't been said already. Uh, gags were great. Really. The second half of this chapter was, uh, is what made it awesome. Kind of felt like the ending. I kind of felt abrupt. I feel like there. I felt like there was a little bit more that could be told. But I mean, I hopefully that just means that next week's chapter is going to be a lot more eventful, or or swell. Okay, yeah. Ed. Um, I I enjoyed I enjoyed Dobon's uh, design so so much, and also the idea of talking Potamus with the jaunty little hat, always. <laughs> It's always it's always great for me. I just, I can't resist the Harvey Birdman uh, reference. It's probably not what it is, but I choose to believe. Um, <laughs> Ken isn't as um, he's not as evil as you might think. But he's not a good guy. Like get that from this. Of he has no regard. I think for people who are not like he was known for attacking civilians. So that's what they talk they talked about him back in Sabati. So. It'll be interesting to see where, like, his morals or if he tries to conflict with what Luffy does later on. So that'd be interesting. He straight, but up, 
Sorry, he straight up crucified people, I think, yeah, at a yeah. point. Like, he, he's not a good dude. Yeah. But he probably eats bread. <laughs> Making him better than law. Certainly more relatable, at least. Um, and uh, and Caribou's there. So I feel like Caribou and Kid are going to end up together. Just because, <laughs> like, they, Shipping. they attract each other. <laughs> well, you, well, you can't take that to Tumblr anymore, so. <laughs> Get ready for your Twitter feed. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. There, there, there wasn't much else. I, I was enjoying the, um, sort of the little adventures, but like how many of these little, I know Steven was saying, how many of these little adventures are going to add up until I guess every character is going to have something to do. And I feel like it might draw, I mean, cause they kind of have to have something to do, but also this is the kind of stuff that draws art, draws arcs out as you were saying. So mm. like, it's nice when every character has a storyline, but does every character really need to have a storyline? Um, sometimes they can do things together. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Alex, what do you think? Um, so I think the exact opposite. Like, I don't think that's a detriment. Um, I really like this chapter. And I think that those of you who didn't really enjoy it would probably like it better if last week's chapter wasn't the chapter that it was. <laughs> um, there, well, part of the reason I, I really like this chapter is the fact that we're kind of nested, we're nesting back into Wano. Like we're, we're, we're back into it after, you know, only three pages away from it, honestly, like uh, last week's chapter was like, yeah, let's go away from Wano for a little bit and then get back to it. Um, <clears throat> I feel, I feel like I'm cozy. I'm back in, uh, like we got a lot of info in this chapter, as Steven said. Um, I think we got the silhouettes of the two other, uh, samurai that Kinemon was talking about. Um, I, I like seeing everybody's little um, uh, little jobs that they're doing uh, to to make this uh, this big uh, this bigger this bigger picture picture to to move the story along. I, I particularly liked the um, uh, the page that Joey read the uh, the guy who was who's like, oh, I don't care if I have to fight barehanded. Like that's the kind of thing that I I, I just really want to see, like how the country is going to react to all of this. Um, Yes, I'd like to see the Straw Hats, you know, reunited as as one, but but Wano, I think, is going to be one of these really cool arcs where you like well, would I think it'll hold up uh, in one go, like if if it gets reread, you know, like a like its own mm-hmm. uh, self-contained self-contained arc. I'm I'm like I was already like thinking thinking about this when we we're seeing uh, Nami with uh, Shinobu and Sanji. Uh, at his soba cart, I keep thinking to myself, man, I'm gonna love to like reread this entire arc, but only read like the, uh, like uh, only read the one like uh, one story, um, like uh, in in chronological order. Like all the Luffy and Kid stuff, I uh, I can take a back seat to that for this particular read. I don't know. I feel like there's gonna be a bunch of different ways to read it. Because they have like mini arcs, like like last the last yeah. part had like the sumo arc and yeah. uh, things like that. It's also harder to enjoy on a week to week basis. Mm. I don't know. Um, I'm really I don't know. I'm really digging it. It's it, noticing all the like samurai movie tropes and and uh, and stuff like that is really I don't know. It's really getting me excited. Um, and the fact that they like you know, the thing that they have to eat is millet. It's you know, like if you've ever seen Seven Samurai, that's what they are reduced to eating is millet. Like it's it, little stuff like that. Um, let's see. Caribou cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, kid, <laughs> man, kid's cool. Uh, I'm like, I think what made me really warm up to kid is uh, is seeing him go toe to toe with Luffy, like sort of like how Luffy was with Teach when they first met, but also seeing Fat Kid, um, like that. That sort of it. Does, I don't know if it doesn't really humanize him, but humanizes him. But it like uh, it puts him on a similar level to Luffy that I really enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. Dobon's character design is amazing. Uh, that's been said already, but like I, I I love that Oda is going nuts with these designs. Uh, it it's sort of how I felt about the Charlotte family when they were showing up in the last arc. Like wow, he's really he's really going nuts. Um, he's going Mondo nuts with these designs. He's going nuts <laughs> Island with these designs, and uh, and I feel like he has a separate like like a separate piece of like a section of his brain reserved for all the headliners. They've all been excellent. Um, I wonder what kind of role Old Man Hio is going to play, um, and uh, I wonder how long they're actually going to spend in the prison because. Uh, they mentioned last chapter that Rizo was organizing the prison break. So I, uh, I, I have a feeling like kid and Luffy are just going to do it on their own. Cause they're tired of not getting fed well. And then <laughs> Rizo shows up like, all right, I'm here to break you guys out. And the prison's gone. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hope so. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to note this. I, um, I like what Nami did with her hair. Uh, she doesn't have it in a ponytail often. Looks good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was really nice seeing Sanji uh, serve food to ladies without hearts in his eyes. <laughs> mm. they're, they're, um, well, his eyes are closed. That's why you can't see them. Oh, true. Um, but yeah, uh, I am looking forward to seeing what, uh, what else we've got. Um, the final battle is going to be pretty sweet, I think. Um, I can't wait to see all, all of these... Uh, all of these samurai um, and warriors, all um, all armed up. It'll be Hopefully. good. Hopefully, they're not taken out like the zombie generals. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm an optimist <laughs> in this case. All right. I don't know. I don't know why I put that out there. I just I thought it'd be funny. Right. Should we get right. into the piece together? Let's do that. All right. Everybody, it's the Piece Together segment for One Piece Podcast Episode 540 for the week of December 3rd, 2018, where we answer your questions, your comments, your theories, and I can't think of a fourth thing that Zach usually just half-asses. So we're just <laughs> going to go right into it with... This piece. Thank you, Ed. There we go. What do we got on Discord? Jill? Uh, okay. So Windfire asks, um, I noticed that you guys did not talk about this much. We now know that Wano has craftsmen who can create and shape Seastone into various things. Frankie is also undercover as an apprentice craftsman, which may give him access to the knowledge of making Seastone. Possible Seastone weapons for the crew as a power-up? Also, if Kinemon's plan plays out properly, the Reverie will have finished long before, lessening the impact of the Emperor or two being taken down. Most likely, the Marines will try to cover it up, as it will cause global panic. Thoughts? Also, I hope that Zach has a wonderful trip to Southeast Asia. He's actually back and, in uh, America at this point. He's just too jet-lagged to be on the show tonight. <laughs> He's probably asleep as we speak. Probably had a terrible trip to work if he went to work today. Oh, oh boo. I oh, I really hope he didn't. I don't know. He's not me, so maybe he stayed home. Uh, 
Yeah, I didn't have much to add to those ideas. I thought they were interesting. The the idea of like Frankie being able to sculpt things with sea stone and stuff. I mean, obviously cool. those we- those weapons would only be for particular members of the crew. <laughs> yeah, not not everybody. But, I mean, um, Zoro. I mean, Smoker had sea stone weapons, mm. but it was yeah, only in the tip. Have a handle. Yeah, he so, did say like, it was oh. just the tip for Smoker. Mm. So, um, yeah, that that would be that would be interesting. I'd like that. Maybe Usopp, I think, would would benefit. That'd be good. Little sea stone, yeah. like bullet things. Yeah, mm. like the flamingo head, right? I, I think so. Yeah, uh, sea yeah. stone just seems too evil. <laughs> what I think is that 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 uh, from several chapters ago, this idea of the having the sea stone nails, I feel like that is gonna be like a sort of like reoccurring mm. thing that we're like, oh, this seemed like a special thing for Wano, but now everybody has like teeny tiny sea stone bullets and things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I guess that that uh, by by um, pointing out that nails were like a new thing to law or that he was surprised that they could do that. I, I guess that was kind of like an insinuation that, OK, so there haven't been like that's why there aren't like sea stone bullets all over the place with like the government and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it's it's too hard to do? So it was remarkable that there were nails, things things as small as nails. So yeah, but once you know the rules of manga, now that it's right. been introduced, it can be used whenever. Ready for inflation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was okay. there anything else on this piece? Yeah, there's a few more. Okay. Okay. Um, Narthen says, "Eustace kid kills civilians. Where do we get this fact from? As far as I know, it is stated in Savandi as the reason for his high bounty. The thing is, we know the world government lies about the reason for bounties. Kid is rough, but we haven't actually seen him harm non-combatants at all. I feel like we should remember that as he becomes more prominent in this story. Let's judge him on his actions rather than the rumors spread by the Marines. Oh, oh we did talk about this this week, where he notices the plight of the de- the, the injured man not at all, whereas Luffy picks him up and defends him." So, yeah, there is a difference there. I think it's worth pointing out, too, that uh, Bartolomeo was described as like taking thumbs from like mm. local ruffians. And Capone is like a guy who goes into organizations and cuts the head off the leader. And like, you know, we've we've got plenty of examples of characters who are described as being like super cruel or vicious and then we find out that you know once once they're in the well, story they're actually like not that bad well, or they hold have on, reasons. No. But yeah, but like Capone, that's exactly what he tried to do to the big mom pirates. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I mean is is like but but Capone like we we like Capone because yeah, yeah. he's like he's like a cool guy and you know he certainly cares about his his family and stuff. So that's what I'm saying is like oftentimes we get like this this image or a description of a character uh when they're out of the story as being like super badass to build yeah. them up and, you know, hype them up a little bit. And well, then it's more nuanced when you see them. It's also like the, the bit from water from pre-water seven where Luffy's like, Oh yes, the Marines are the good guys. Usually. <laughs> right. Yes. He, he, he has to be reminded of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is from Joe. Hello, Joe. Uh, now that Shiryu has the invisibility fruit, will he face Shanji's wrath much like Absalom did in thriller bark? Part of me wants that just to have Shiryu in an awkward situation for once. Him being astounded at Sanji for wanting a devil fruit for such a stupid reason. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, I think Sanji had his fill. I think it's Zoro's time. I wasn't on last chapter, but, like, how would that even hold up against hockey? Like, it wouldn't be useful at all. 
after like observation point. hockey. Yeah, like oh, yeah. go against Zoro's doors. Like jokes on you. Only have one eye, anyways. Not that hard to close it. <laughs> it's Zoro's son. Just like wait, you don't have observation hockey. I mean, everyone's got observation hockey. Usopp's got a, uh, observation hockey. Hey Usopp, why don't you kick this guy's ass? <laughs> I'm just beats the shit I'm sure you. <laughs> okay. uh, next is from Morgul, who says, I'm sure you guys must have noticed your favorite character in the prison this chapter, but since this panel was alongside that line of dialogue about cutting off all limbs, it makes me wonder if maybe Caribou had suffered that punishment already. <laughs> After all, you can't see his arms and legs in that panel. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> God, I, got I got hope confused so. Because Sanji was out on the street selling food, not in the prison, so... <laughs> He's always got those like long sleeves. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that'd be great. It just got like pulls it up to just stumps. <laughs> Man, Caribou's gross. He's the kind of dude who doesn't cut his nails. Ugh. Or or he would just fool them. Like he would, you know, because he has his swamp powers. So they would cut off his arms, and he'd be like, "Oh, you got me. My arms are gone." And they just melt away, and he grows, you know, more from his swampy. I do. Yeah, we don't. Go ahead. I do wonder if they know about his powers. He is yeah. he's surprisingly good at sealing that. Mm. He's sneaky. Yeah. All right. Uh, next is Grim Pyro, who says, For the past couple weeks, Alex has mentioned a character's name, and that character has shown up in the following chapter. He needs to start mentioning characters we like. Also, this Hippo Smile user, even though he was short-lived, has my new favorite design. I'm assuming his name is short for Hippo Hippo Bottom Us. I wonder what even more outrageous besides <laughs> that. I feel like Oda's been watching too many Cronenberg movies. Oh my god. <laughs> That's good. Hippo bottomus everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that should have been. No, it's better than a hippo Bonka. top of you. No, that doesn't. <laughs> Save it for Queen Hippo Bottomus. Hippopotamus? Do you think that's Greek? Oh man. <laughs> Sorry. That's from C Lab. So uh, Alex. Mention a character you want to see next week. Django. Okay. Fake <laughs> <laughs> a punk. There we go. That's what I want. And I can neither confirm nor deny fine, the presence will, of Django. Fine, I will say Vegapunk. How about that? Mm. God. Mm. <laughs> all right, and last question on Discord is from our friend Abdul. Hey, OPP, you all probably already discussed this, but are the two samurai mentioned in the beginning of this chapter? The other two we saw with a Shardoji a few chapters ago. Yeah, that's kind of the question, isn't it? I think so. Nobody, yeah. It seems it seems likely, but we don't know for sure. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for Discord and yep. or uh, Dispeace, yeah. That's it for Dispeace. All right. right, get the emails, Alex. Email. We got four. Here we go. Hey, here's one from Joshua Collins. He says, your show has become a favorite of mine during my week here in New Brunswick. I have three questions slash observations. One, with King's resemblance to Mr. Anime himself, Gladius, does that make him the edgy cosplayer with black angel wings? Father Anime. Father <laughs> Anime. <laughs> oh, man. Father Anime. <laughs> Good. No, no, no. It's um, Gladius would do... Uh, he's Dr. Anime because Gladius would just say, no, 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 I'm Mr. Anime. Dr. Anime is my father. Father? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, never, I, I never got my GED. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he also uh, links to a uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion The Lost Four Kids opening parody video, in case we hadn't seen it, which I'll That's, share with you guys. I, I don't know. That sounds like it's just going to make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it says here, in honor of Ed's new Twitter about oh, anime yeah. trailers, right. aka at Weeb Trailers, go follow it. Um, and he says, great. Uh, what is everyone's favorite 90s anime, or if not 90s anime, anime purchased from Suncoast, Sam Goody, Coconuts, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Tenchi Muyo for a while. What if anime, anime, uh, harem anime become good grief? Mm. Um, bonus, did Ed and Zach attend Rutgers? If uh, so, DC plus four. No, no, we went to school in DC. Uh, but I think as far as like 90s anime, like something I would I would have seen like from Blockbuster would like the Street Fighter movie or Ninja Scroll or something, probably. Yeah. Fail Fury the Motion Picture. Mm, yeah. I spent a lot of money on Trigon DVDs in the nineties. Yeah. Most of my favorite anime are from the nineties. Okay, well it. give us one. I mean I'm Anna? a huge I'm I'm a huge Yu show guy, so did you purchase that at Suncoast video? Uh I think my first DVD I got at a Best Buy. Mm. Wait, no, <laughs> Suncoast. I believe I got a DVD from there when they had a huge Funimation sale. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. yes. Huh. <laughs> I had one in my mall, but I can't remember what I got from there. <laughs> like uh, every CD store, like in the mall, just turned into something else. Like we used to have the wall, then like that just like got usurped by Suncoast. Then Suncoast got usurped by like FYE. And now everyone just pirates everything. Okay. There's still FYEs occasionally in malls. Yeah. You'll see them, but uh, yeah, not much else. I think uh, my first my first anime VHS purchase was at a software etc., which mm. is a computer game store, which I believe got bought out by uh, Electronic Boutique, which then got bought out by GameStop. And now that's the only game store in existence, and they only sell Funko Pops. So, uh, the circle of life. Wow. So that's gonna be every convention. Yeah. Oh, what was the VHS? Do you remember? Oh, it was uh, Final Fantasy: The Crystal Chronicles. Oh, that's the... right. Oh, the yeah. Legend yeah. of the Crystals. Yeah. Legend of the Crystals. Oh man, that's that great. was dude. That I had never seen that trailer before. I posted that. That looks awful. <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> Fatal Fury is easily my my favorite '90s anime, and I rented it from Blockbuster, but. Uh, I distinctly remember the first anime VHS I ever bought from a Suncoast was Tenchi Muyo, the movie Tenchi Muyo in Love. Um, and it was the dub. Did he actually love somebody in that? It's about his mom. Have oh. you not seen it? He loves his mom? I mean, he sh- he we does. all love our moms. Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> Tenchi uh, no, is actually Tenchi is one of the uh, franchises. I don't think I've ever seen any of it. <laughs> no, really? Uh, same, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I I've seen, like I've it. like I've seen much more Sailor Moon than like Tenchi. Oh. Well, Ryoko's the original waifu, and now Alex has ruined Washu for me, but somehow he's also ruined the movie Octopussy for me. So now <laughs> oh. I was gonna say that Washu. Line, that's my little girl, octopussy. But... I hear the line. That's my little Washu. That's my little Washu pussy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, man. I like that movie. I must have seen that movie twice. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, okay, so Martin says, Dear One Piece Podcast, did anyone make a Peter Potamus reference? <laughs> Was Ed who did it? 
I was just because I was thinking out. about the Adult Swim podcast you're going to be doing, Steve, and I was lamenting that none of the like, almost like only one Peter Potamus GIF on like the GIF Twitter search is from <laughs> Harvey Birdman. All the rest of them are from his own show and they're not funny. Who gifts that? Exactly. <laughs> Who goes out of their way to gif Hanna Barbera cartoons? They all look the same anyway. They're just standing stiff while their heads are twitching. Potamus's flying balloon or something, I think. Anyway. Okay. Stay tuned for the deep end. It's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Hey, it plugs later. <laughs> I want an entire episode about Danger Doom. I don't even know what that is, but I guess we'll do it. Oh, is that um, is that That's the, the uh, Frisky Dingo? No, 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 uh, that was the uh, the MF Doom Adult Swim album. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. wow, shit! Danger Mouse and MF Doom, yeah. Danger Doom, a lot, a lot of voiceovers. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. man, skits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember when every rap album had to have a skit in it? I don't know. The skits were okay on that album because they had like Master Shake. Yeah, no, I, I like them, but like that's the kind of skits are always the thing that age the worst. Like, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. it's every Lisa Lisa song. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, on. I listened to '80s music. Was it before or after JoJo? Oh, yeah. moving right. on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is from Jacob. He says, "Your One Piece podcast." I'd like to address that the reason that Luffy and Kid are now able to deflate after eating all that food is both a gag and realistic in the One Piece world. If they know, and I believe they do, the life return, uh, aka same Kikan technique that is used by both Gucci Lucci and Kumidori <laughs> of CP9. P.S. Uh, in which the Simpson, uh, uh, in which. In the which uh, which Simpsons characters are One Piece character or vice versa or how in the hell did you guys not say that uh, Law is Doctor Doctor Ed? I think he means Doctor Nick. Um, oh, a, a, a Law is a much better doctor than Doctor Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm sure both don't know what flammable really means. Doctor Hero look is more like Doctor Nick. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Steve, draw those. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. That's a good question. So, uh, yeah, the life return thing. That's interesting. Yeah, right? Like, it makes sense, yeah. That. They just, uh, it just, uh, it's only given a name when Kumandori says it. Yeah. He was the only one who thought of a cool name for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Ryan. This is the last one for this week. Yeah, peace. So we finally find out what happened to everyone's favorite character, Caribou. Surprise, he's in jail. Also looks like Wapal's brother really let himself go, or <laughs> Dobon is Wapal's cousin. I hope the title for this episode will be Hungry Hungry Dobon. I hope you find this funny. <laughs> well, we do. I hope, you, I hope you find our title funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I did love when Jill mentioned the Hungry Hungry Hippos thing. That was good. That was very funny. <sighs> Good but, you know, okay, to, like, pull back for a second, like, we all groan about Caribou, but I am very curious about the circumstances in which he got placed in jail. No, same. Well, I, yeah. I, like, I think uh, the thing about Caribou is that he sort of he sort of kind of looks like a lame character, but any time that he was in Fishman Island, it was dangerous. Like, he was going to mm-hmm. kidnap the mermaids and, like... I don't know. He has a pretty dangerous power. I think he's smarter than he lets on. I think he's, but he's actually mm-hmm. weaker than you think. Like, <laughs> like when confronted with anyone of any sort of marginal hockey power, he would crumble. 
basically. But he can take out anyone else who doesn't have, like, because of how smart he is and how weird his power is, I think he can, like, neutralize people. Well, I think... Uh, Sam knighted him Caesar number two, so... Oh, no. Well, he's got the number two part, right? (laughs) I think he deserves to be in jail, so (laughs) I say the system works. (laughs) I just thought of something uh, about Doban. So, when he poops, is it coming out of the hippo bottom, or is it coming into the hippo's mouth? (laughs) That... Yeah, see, like that was kind of the question with uh, with Hold'em too, right? We were like, where, you know, how many digestive tracts are, you know, going on here? These the are the questions. Yeah. yeah. The hippo centipede. Yeah, these are the questions that people should actually send into the SBS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Uh, next is Reddit. Oh, all right. Let's read them off Reddit. Um, we'll start with Natachi, who says, this is a very interesting chapter for multiple reasons. I would like your opinion on the role physical strength plays in utilizing the full potential of the devil fruit. How disappointed Kaido must be if he saw that his dreadful prison is being used as a boot camp by a couple of runts. Uh, so the question, which of these attributes play a major role in a person being able to utilize the full potential of his or her devil fruit? One, hockey. Two, physical, unadulterated strength. Three, time spent using the devil fruit. Or four, any other factor. Given how almost all major players in One Piece at this point are either advanced devil fruit users or hacky users or both, and Luffy still has some catching up to do, what type of training might help him close the gap significantly? I mean, intelligence and creativity matters a lot when thinking about ways to use one's devil fruit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Would a would a stupid person come up with like gear four? You have to know like sort of what your body does, and like have a curiosity about what you're doing with it. To, I think to master the devil fruit, especially in Luffy's case. Yeah, so I think that matters quite a bit. With Luffy's power being more physical, I think his strength maybe would matter more than say mm. Kid, who mm. physical strength might not factor in as much. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it definitely depends on the type of power as to whether or not that's, like, the main thing that is kind of being unlocked. But I don't know, it's it's also tricky to answer because, you know, like, in a sort of absolute sense, like, that, none of it necessarily matters because in the end, you know, Luffy's going to beat any, you know, serious antagonist. So, you know, it's just sort of a debate as to whether or not, okay, well, was that person actually using their devil fruit well and they got beat or were, did they get beat because they weren't taking advantage of it? And, you know, it's just kind of fodder for for debate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Amiibo Hunter 000 has a call out. Why does Ed <laughs> always seem so dismissive of other nerdy stuff like video games, especially? Dude, being on a One Piece podcast is like the nerdiest of the nerdy things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, maybe Zach should take more vacations. It seems like whenever he's gone, we get these super cool reveals <laughs> and new information. <laughs> love, love the podcast and everything you do. No, it's just that I stopped playing. It's not that I like. I didn't choose to stop playing video games when I did, but that was like almost 15 years ago, pretty much. And like the way video games and gaming have come back into the national conversation as we say, <laughs> has been horrifying to me. Like, 
the gaming culture I'm going to feel so bad for saying this, but like it's unleashed some of our worst cultural impulses over the last two to three years, like oh, in public, like airing all of our cultural dirty laundry. And old man yells at cloud. I feel, I feel it. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of want to get back in like the video games. I remember I loved playing like Sonic, but I couldn't imagine caring like even about anime, the way some people care about video games and like the messed up things people do. But oh, um, I, I don't know. So much about video game culture baffles me, and I do not understand it at all. Can I uh, can I come to Ed's defense a little bit here? Um, I like video games. I think I buy more video games than I actually play. Uh, that's a problem mm-hmm. with me, too. Yeah. This is cheap. Whenever I get around to playing it, I'll play it, but then yeah, I never do. Exactly. That's why I bought, like, Yakuza 0, and I still haven't opened that yet, because I know, like, that game is going to be a commitment. I should just I should just devote myself to indie games that are like two hours long. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you become older, right? Like, I feel like I'm I used to come like head over here. Yeah, I used to make fun of casual gamers, you know. Uh, Like, you know, casual gamer is like a like an insult. But I'm like, well, when you have a life and a job, (laughs) the only kind of gamer that you can kind of afford to be is a casual one. Right. And with all and with all I, the with all the the the, uh, the time I spend on wrestling and watching really old anime, I have no time for video games. Yeah, I yeah think that's I basically just, it. yeah. You have to just sort of like pick and choose what things you. Yeah, I devote a lot of my free time to other nerdy uh, pursuits that take up a lot of time. Yeah. So I just cut video games out basically. I don't know, There's and pretty much every every time but... every time something about video game culture gets into my newsfeed, it's never good. Hmm. It's just, I don't know. I just, uh. it's okay. okay. I can't, I can't, right. e- I can't even like, I can't, I can barely, I can barely describe it. It's just like, so m- these people seem so negative. I don't get it. Like, do people not enjoy things? Do video gamers not enjoy things? Ed, you watch wrestling. <laughs> not, not nearly as much as I did like six months ago. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure that person was very happy to hear. Hey, hey, don't I, don't rag on it too. Zach is just as if you old. no, he plays more video games than I do. I'm just saying, if you enjoy things, talk about the things you enjoy. That's how I did this podcast in the first yes. place. Yes, there's so much yes. ne- there's so much negativity around video games, and that's the part that baffles me. Like, why do you people torture yourselves like this? Or like so much negativity around everything in general. It's like, oh, this movie really sucks. I'm like, why don't you watch a good movie and then talk about why that movie's good? Yeah, right. Yeah. <sighs> People don't do enough of that. And there's some good people out there doing that kind of stuff. And their videos are way more enjoyable than someone's like, let's watch this crappy movie and have some laughs. And I'm like, I'm not really laughing. Well, it's because I think when people criticize something, it makes them seem like they're smarter than they actually are. Hmm. I can see that, yeah. Man, we're really unpacking a lot on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like anyway. All you have to do is, is like anything else. Like Just talk shit about Sanji and it'll, you'll really set me off tonight. <laughs> all right, can you please get off my couch now? Uh <laughs> Page 712 has a question, a very important question about the Fishman Island arc. I am very confused. I'm greatly confused about the actual size of the island and how it makes absolutely no sense. Preach. It's it's 10 kilometers under sea, but because it's a sphere, its height would be the same as its width. So if we were to guess the island is 5 to 10 kilometers in width, then the actual island would be close to breaching the surface. Plus, since it's located in a trench 7 kilometers down, then at best... It has to be three kilometers wide, which makes no sense considering the sense of scale we have from the island. 
Has this issue ever been recognized by Oda? Because it seems like a pretty big issue when you think about it. Um, well, one thing I I don't believe that is accurate. Like, actually, I saw this question and I was like, you know, what? I should go look and uh, see, you know, look at the descent to Fishman Island just to make sure. And they do say it is 10,000 meters under the sea. Uh, but I don't know if we ever got an accurate uh, description as to how big the city itself is. There was one... Um, there was one scene where uh, was it Hody Jones or someone throws uh, like a water uh, bubble or something like across the length of Fishman Island. And Oda wrote in a panel like, you know, meanwhile, like 5000 kilometers away. And, you know, it's like, wait, no, that's like, you know, that's like the length of the United States. Like this is not so something is wrong here. Uh, so, you know, he, he clearly goofed on the numbers there, but I, f I forget if he actually even changed that. Didn't he change not. it? Yeah. I think that was, there was a difference between the jump chapter yeah. and the, the collected chapter. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it, the, the, the answer of the story is, uh, you don't, don't look too hard for the answer. That's the, that's the answer. Uh, because Oda's, um, you know, his his grasp of physics and scale uh, are not uh, they, they work on cartoon logic. Um, we'll just put it that way. Yeah, if you're wondering how they eat or breathe or other science facts, just <laughs> repeat to yourself. It's just a show. I should really just relax. Like, Frankie shouldn't be alive right now. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them shouldn't be really. He got hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> he got blown up real good. And he replaced most of his body. <laughs> Like, I, I always wondered, like, how, okay, it's, Frankie's awesome, but how did he replace his hands <laughs> when he needed his hands to replace his hands? One hand at a time. <laughs> how does he make sissy? Oh, <laughs> I mean, pee pee? Uh, let's see. Samuel 1698. Uh, doesn't the fact that sea prism stone originates in Wano and is able to be forged as small as a nail strike you guys as sort of a Chekhov's gun? I can see the straw has getting their hands into some of it, perhaps Frankie being able to incorporate it into some weapons and using them against Kaido. Wouldn't surprise me if there were a few sea prism stone stores out there that Zoro could get his hands on or raw material Frankie would put into Sanji's raid suit. Could be the way to defeat Kaido. He's probably incredibly strong without his devil fruit, but he's definitely stronger because of the zone fruit he ate. So nullifying it might help make him weak enough to sustain damage. I like the uh, I like the Chekhov's gun aspect of it, where it's like, yeah, it seems like there has to be something of importance that that comes out of that. Um, that we're here now, where they're saying that the prism stone comes from. Um, same thing with the uh, with the poneglyphs. Like, you know, you don't put all that stuff in one place unless there's going to be a bunch of answers for them. Um, so good, good suggestions. Uh, let's see. Uh, ATLA for life says, uh, I was wondering what you guys think of the idea of Kinemon being the one to face off and take down Orochi. The more I think about it, the more I think it makes sense. Three main things keep coming to my mind when I think about this. Uh, one, Kinemon has been the leader of the samurai part of the alliance since we met him, but especially so since Wano began. He's coordinated the different parts of the samurai and conducted the plan to take down Kaido. He's also the one to promise Toki, and the comment he made last chapter to Ashura made me think there's more to him. Uh, two, a lot of people said Zoro would be the one to fight Orochi, but I don't think that makes much sense. 
The Straw Hats are interested in fighting and taking down the Animal Kingdom pirates. Mm -hmm. After all, they are pirates. Yes. Almost every time they fought the royalty of a country, they themselves have been pirates as well. When Wano ends, the Straw Hats will move on in their adventure, but the people of Wano need a leader. Momo isn't ready yet, and they'll need a regent to take over, which yeah. leads me to my last point. Number three, when Kinemon introduced, was introduced to us in Punk Hazard, he was portrayed as Momonosuke's father. While this was for secrecy, I think that Oda was also foreshadowing the idea of Kinemon being the father figure for the Kozuki clan in Momo's region until he's ready to rule himself just like Cobra has been for Vivi, Riku for Violet, and Rebecca, although obviously they themselves are royalty. Thoughts? Well, there's also the aspect of the, the flaming sword. Orochi is said to be a multi-headed snake. If you know your Greek mythology, that's what you need to kill a Hydra, the flaming sword. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think when I first read this, I, I glossed over Orochi and I thought he was talking about Kaido uh, when I was scanning the questions earlier, which, you know, definitely seems like crazy. Uh, but Orochi, I think, is actually a pretty good... I think there's definitely more potential for Kinemon to do this than uh, than any other, like, non-Straw uh, Hat character, for sure. Um, that's a pretty good one. And, and I, I, I also noted that the thing that he said about Ashura that, you know, you've forgotten what kind of man I am. And I was like, hmm, that sounds like I, that doesn't sound like it lines up with everything that we know of of Kinemon. So um, I would be interested to see if there's um, something more to his his backstory, too. Uh, next is from OPG, who uh, has a question about Robin's dad. Um, I was looking up a timeline of One Piece and realized that her father was probably from Ohara. I began thinking about how old Olvia is. I couldn't find when she was born. She has white hair in Robin's flashback. We know Robin is about 32-ish. She doesn't have white hair. Could Olvia be even older than Dr. Kureha? Has nobody asked Wano? Yes, yeah. excuse me. Oh, oh, I was looking at the next line. Uh, <laughs> as a whole, the country. Oh, yes. great nation of Wano! <laughs> Why yeah. is Robin's hair not white? Um, I always just took that to be like her design. I don't. I didn't yeah. think that yeah. Olvia was like super old. I mean, she's not mm -hmm. like she doesn't have wrinkles like Kureha. Um, yeah, like I imagine a young uh, Olvia also having white hair right. as, as a like little child. Right. I remember a lot of fan colorings used to color in blonde because they thought, oh, well, if, if Robin is Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction, mm. then yeah. the old is Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. Yeah, which I was kind of disappointed when she had white hair. I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she looks basically the same. I, I, the thing that like really that really confused me a little bit was that um, Yuriko Yamaguchi also voices Nico Olvia. Oh, she does? Oh, yeah. Can't. It's the Dragon Ball effect. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like it. Yeah, that. that so really she also gonna play Robin's mom. <laughs> I mean, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, Steve? It's, you just it... implied that that she's not her blood mother. With oh, your, shut up. Your weird comment. <laughs> no, no, but that that'd be a funny. Uh, I mean, there's there's a one piece conspiracy theory right there. Not really. Not her real mom. <laughs> They share the same damn birthday and look exactly alike. <laughs> they look exactly the same. Maybe she's a clone. Oh, they have go. the same birthday? Apparently. I just looked it up. That's weird. Mm. Oh. I'm, I'm surprised Olvia was cool with that, because I know my mother and I, uh, our birthdays are very close together, and I remember she said to the doctors, like, 
I'm not having this kid the same day as my sister. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's how, what happened with the ace. Yeah. How, how, uh... <laughs> Three months later. Oh, no, it was the opposite. Like she wanted Ace's birthday to be her own birthday, and she was like, "Shit, nope, I missed it." It's like counting down off the clock on your wrist, and she's like, "What? Oh shit, I have to wait for it to go around again." He kept forgetting, and then and then Ace came out as a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, DDD Freed has a pretty good question. Uh, with the release of the Viva cards, we've gotten a lot more info about our favorite characters. However, some of it interferes with my previous understanding of One Piece events. For example, it's been revealed that Shanks was already Yonko, one of the four emperors, back during Romance Dawn. Now, that changes Romance Dawn in a lot of ways. And while I'm not quite sure how I feel about that in particular, it got me thinking about rejecting canon information in favor of one's personal headcanon. Are there times where you choose not to accept official data in a story? How do you know when to draw the line? How does it change your consumption of that work? It's certainly something I've done across multiple mediums. While I don't do it so much for One Piece, I do think it's interesting how Oda has shown such a willing flexibility to play with the universe's laws and reality. It'd be hard for me with a series like One Piece where there is such rich and deep lore and things might matter. But on the other hand, like uh, last year I watched the anime Rakugo. Oh, I was just going to bring And that if up. anyone wants to forget that the last episode happened, that's fine with me. Yeah, or just oh. the last, like the last like thirty seconds. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Just just okay. one line, basically. Pretty much, uh, yeah. I'd like that. to ignore that. Like, it's much easier. I have no problem doing it with like shorter series, but like, it's kind of impossible for me with One Piece. Like, I couldn't do it with One Piece, but I could definitely do it with other things. Yeah, I mean, uh, some. Oh, go ahead, go Steve. Ahead, no, oh, go ahead, okay. <laughs> uh, with One Piece, it's like when I'm reading it, I don't forget the lore, but like, I read a lot of fan fiction. Um, and I don't mind if they forget the fact that apparently Whitebeard has no female fighters at all. Like, that really bothers me. Um, so I just, I appreciate every fan fiction that just doesn't give a shit. Um, so, stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't had this problem with One Piece, uh, but uh, Toriyama, yeah, I'm looking at you, buddy. Uh, oh, God. And I mean, uh, who's even, anyone who works even on, knows? And uh, whoever works on Dragon Ball, I mean, come on. Trunks with blue hair. <laughs> I mean, Dragon Ball kind of invites you to invent your own canon, but um. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, with One Piece, no, I kind of, you know, I never really uh, said uh, said to Oda like, no, no, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, uh, the only thing in One Piece that I like, I had a sort of headcanon about was just how the spelling of kid's name <laughs> to make it more in no, line that, with. That's the Mandela effect. <laughs> Nelson Mandela. Yeah. I, I'm kidding. The Baron Stein Bears. <laughs> yeah. Um... Shazam. Oh God. <laughs> no Shazam. So um, uh, one with Steve, Sinbad. Steve can Steve can relate, but I I, uh, I exhibit this with um, with Star Wars, um, like the prequels. I look at I look at it as a different like. I look at I looked at the pre, at the prequels in a vacuum kind of. Mm-hmm. Like I have my own my own personal headcanon in regards to the original trilogy is sort of uh along the lines of what the old fan, uh expanded universe canon was, I guess. But I'm not like I'm not bent out of shape about there being a new expanded universe canon. I just really like that Shadows of the Empire takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and that'll probably get retconned at some point, but 
in my mind that it just works really well. So I don't really get, yeah, I don't get hung up too much on stuff, uh, especially because I think a lot of the, you know, I, I tend to analyze things like very closely in terms of like storytelling techniques. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I am, am good at, uh, kind of rationalizing things as, you know, when you see something that's like, wait, why did he, why did Oda do that? Or like, why, why, why doesn't he explain this or that? It's usually because like, oh, he was trying to tell a story that did this one thing and that other, you know, all these questions that it raises are not addressed by the story and therefore they kind of don't matter. And so, you know, with, with stuff like, oh, Shanks was actually one of the four emperors while he was just hanging out in, uh, you know, little rural Goa, uh, just like being undercover. And he's supposedly like one of the most feared and dangerous people in the world at the time. Like, I don't necessarily find it that that difficult to to reconcile or, or to even think about because it's like, well, if Oda didn't address that directly, if he didn't make it something that you needed to know to understand what was going on in that that part then it kind of doesn't matter whether it's true or not it's sort of a schrodinger's cat thing where it's like okay well maybe he was or maybe he wasn't but all we see is him as the leader of this you know kind of love kind of happy-go-lucky group of pirates and that's all you really need to know about uh you know romance dawn chapter one so um you know i don't i don't get too uh worried about uh things that you know when you that, that are drastically kind of separated in time that when you combine, you know, when you combine them and look at them side by side, they don't seem to add up. I'm just like, yeah, no, that's just what happens. Uh, so Tashigi Taisa is a, this is another question about the, uh, the names. I'm getting a bit confused with all the samurai names introduced uh, in chapter 921. We had Ashura Doji, Kawamatsu, and Denjiro. Now we know that Shutemaru is Ashura Doji. After this chapter, could it be that Hitokiri Kamazo is Kawamatsu because of the similar hairstyle? and Ushimitsu Kozo is Denjiro. Was it common for samurai to have multiple aliases? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think in general, it's probably true that, uh, like, especially if you were a person of note, and like if you if you were a samurai who worked for, uh, you know, a famous lord or something like that, um, you know, you, you would get different names or, you know, like the more ranks that you rise, like you're often given some new ceremonial name or something like that. So um, I don't think it's not necessarily that um, surprising or, or, or uh, out of the ordinary for them to have multiple names, but it is also a pattern that, that Oda has um, where he, he also just in general makes up lots of different titles for characters. And like, before you see them, they might have a certain nickname or a certain title. And then when you see them, they have a more official title and then they either don't refer to the, that first title again, or it's only used every now and then. That's why you have like the general uh, big mom's generals, but they're also the sweet three. And uh, you know, Kaido is like the strongest beast in the world, but he's also like the captain of these, the, the pirates. And, you know, it's like they, they kind of come and go as, as he uses them. So uh, I think it's also probably has something to do with Oda's um, habits as a as a story storyteller, and has as he kind of fleshes out the characters that he designs. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Tyriac says, a couple chapters ago, I discussed, I even discussed the Joe Haku format in the context of chapter 294's title and said uh, that I was not convinced based on the evidence available at the time. I don't think it was mentioned last week, but did this change last chapter when the Shamisen player introduced Act 2 with HA! Uh, if so, Oda might do a similar double meaning at the end of Act 2 with a chapter titled Q, perhaps when all nine Q of the Red Scabbards appear together. Oh, neat. That's cool. I like that idea. Um, yeah, actually, I did not... Um, yeah, I didn't bring that up last, last week, and I, I feel like I maybe briefly noted it when I read the chapter, but then didn't think about it again uh, with the HA! Um, part leading in, but um, although if that... uh, if they have a chapter called Q and they at the end they say where we go one we go all, I think that could set off the conspiracy people. <laughs> no, Thank okay, you. no, okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. No one here knows what I'm talking about. That's really encouraging. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I, I saw some shit on Reddit, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a that's a, a very cool idea, and I think actually yes, the um, the shamisen player going ha. At the start, with the uh, you know when the, in the scene where they're playing the shamisen and opening the curtains, I think that's actually way more convincing to me than the uh, the chapter title for the previous one. So, um, but it's a it's a nice it's a neat little um, confluence of evidence there for sure. Uh, getting towards the end here, Black Star uh, says Usopp's gathering of the samurai. This chapter has me curious about the nine scabbards. Do you think the prophesied samurai will include the straw hats or only the samurai from Wano? Also, with so many characters in this arc, do you think we'll see a split in groups again? Say, for instance, the straw hat crew headed to take down Kaido and the samurai of Wano going to usurp Orochi. Thanks, OPP crew. Keep up the good work. That's absolutely what I think is going to happen, because to overthrow Orochi, it kind of has to be the people of Wano to do that. Like, pirates can fight pirates, but as the previous questioner was saying, you know, that's going to be like Kinemon's job to lead that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there, there are lots of players in this arc and we've only seen like the very beginning of the movement. And I don't know, I guess I don't see necessarily one gigantic climactic battle that involves everyone all at the same time. Yeah. Um, I doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would go that way uh, in, in my opinion. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, and uh, lastly, we have Pencils for Life. What are some characters you love seeing forced to interact together uh, like Luffy and Kid this chapter? Are there any you hope to see together? Personally, I hope we see Usopp and Buggy in a lie-off before the series <laughs> ends. I don't know. Um, Killer and Zoro could have a staring silently contest. <laughs> I'd like to It'd be see funny more. if it was with Brooke. <laughs> can't tell who blinks first. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to see uh I'm trying to think of like a character that would have like a character that would have a dynamic like Mr. One and Mr. Two. Um <laughs> like cause Mr. One always looked exasperated, like around when he was around Mr. Two. Mm-hmm. Um maybe something like uh <laughs> like Akainu and um I want to see actually Akainu and Garp like hang out, like that. that like, that's like a uh, dynamic. So, like he wouldn't put up with the kind of like ribbing that Sengoku puts up with. Yeah, like I have no mm. idea how he would ha- how each of them would handle each other. Like Garp would fr- probably still be his I don't give a shit attitude, but it would probably annoy the crap out of Akainu. 
or yeah. Sakazuki rather. I'd like to see um, Law and Hawkins just hang out, like just sitting there, <laughs> not saying a single word Commi- for a couple hours, com- silently commiserating. Yeah. yeah, and then they leave. Nice chat. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. But that was the last one. That's it for Reddit. All right. Okay. Well, I guess it's time to peace the tweet. Yeah. All right. right. It's peace the tweet. Sure. First one comes from Sniper of My Heart, who wrote in a few days ago just to send us this picture of Jimbe flying in through the window. So check that out on Twitter if you like. Uh, as we mentioned in last week's episode. Um, and Return to Sabati says, this is a little early to submit something, but I didn't want to forget about it, so here. I read an article about how hawks can start wildfires by bringing burning sticks to new locations in their beaks. King is the wildfire, and he has wings. Maybe he's a hawk zone. What a bunch of assholes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not welcome in California. Yeah, birds are dicks. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Birds Mm -hmm. are dicks. (laughs) I mean, I, I know that the eagles will like. There's like some you know documentary footage of like eagles picking up like baby goats, like mountain goats, and like just lifting them off the ground and then dropping them to kill yeah. them. Yeah. Wow. Birds are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing this bird. Like they're like, oh god, here comes the like the wildfire, and he just like picks up a stick that's on fire and like drops it in front of him, and one of them just like looks at it and just like puts it out. So he gets another stick, just like one piece at a time. Kind <laughs> of reminds me how uh uh. Miss Friday um, would just drop a bomb onto Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Just comically out of nowhere. I love it. All right, next one comes from Ghost Starch. It says, in Chapter 921, one of Jack's ships has a scorpion figurehead. Could this be proof of Queen having some version of the scorpion fruit? It Mm. would make sense that Queen would have sent reinforcements from his fleet in the fight against the Minx. Mm. He's going to put him in the boo box. (laughs) (laughs) is played by Glenn Close. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it actually could be played by Bob Hoskins, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Or well, at least 1990 version of Bob Hoskins. Yeah. You know, the live version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but there really isn't any, any proof of that, though. Any other evidence for it? But keep an eye out. Um, in tab F says, so kid has the same kind of body Luffy does fast healing, high metabolism, incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. So kid seems like the perfect rival for Luffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all warming up to him. Yeah. Dark Leviathan says, so Bakugo and Goku are training with special cuffs in base form before fighting Kaido. <laughs> Got it. So <laughs> when will Frankie upgrade the Sunny with sea stone? After all, he is learning from the only people capable of refining it. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Like, you can be like a marine ship. You can sail anywhere through any... Right. That, oh, yeah, cool. That would be a good use of that. Um, and finally, uh, Nura G123 has a question about purchasing stuff. Hey, OPP, for those who don't have access to legal platforms for the anime or manga, does ordering box sets, DVDs, manga volumes justify using illegal sites? In countries that has no official stream for One Piece, how do they support the series? I mean, if you're I living, I feel like everyone should do their best. Basically, you know? yeah. I mean, like, import fees are high. If you can't afford it, don't you know strain yourself. If the companies haven't chosen to make it available legally in your area, there isn't much you can do except tell them that you want it and find whatever way you can to to read it. 
Yeah, just yeah tell but your if parents. you can read the English volumes, they're great. So, you know, uh, if you have the means to import them, go for it, you know? Yeah, we had a, uh, I think we had a, a listener last week who, who mentioned that they don't have Weekly Shonen Jump in their country, but they mm. did end up importing the box sets, mm. which are, which mm. are, which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you can get like, I guess, I mean, three different box sets and that's most of the series up to this point. So that's, um, it's, it's a possibility. It's not cheap, however, though. Yeah. It, you know, aside, aside from the actual, you know, the, the actual legal system in your, your country or whatever that may have to say about it. I mean, kind of at the end of the day, it's all, you know, it's all down to your personal yardstick for what you consider to be, you know, like, Oh, did, is this okay with me? Or do I, do I feel bad about this? Should I try, you know, what, what are my options? And it's kind of, you know, up to you. That's the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is how do you feel about this you feel guilty well maybe you know you look into other options if you feel like there really isn't any other option well then you know hey look it's up to you to do what you're what you're going to do you know nobody else can really force you or shame you out of doing whatever so um you know it's just kind of like uh follow follow your heart i guess yep yeah or if you have uh if there's a manga publisher that you know of just write to them and say Nickelodeon magazine, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the last piece of the tweet. So uh, we're round off the show. Well, let's do that. This has been the One Piece podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who came on this week um, for taking time out of their busy schedules to to lend their voices. Um, so uh, let's go around the horn. Um, Joey, thanks for coming on. Where can we find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Weiser. Uh, JoeyWeiser.tumblr.com is where I post news about my uh, comics for the time being uh, until... T- tumblr implodes i guess uh shouldn't be any adult content in there so who knows but (laughs) um and uh yeah check out merman my graphic novel series Uh, it's a five volume series that's uh uh, good for all ages especially young readers uh and would make an excellent holiday gift uh this time of year um and uh listen to alex and i with our friend scott uh every month on toho yaro a monthly japanese film club podcast uh, our most recent episode is uh, about Sweet Bean, uh, a really great uh, sweet movie about uh, uh, an beans. old lady making beans, <laughs> making uh, <laughs> dariyaki, basically. And then um, and coming up uh, pretty soon, we're going to be talking about The Funeral by uh, Juzo Itami, the, the, I think, first film of the director of Tanpopo. Yep. All right. Um, yes, please, please follow us. Um, Jill. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and most other social media at Pirates on Luck. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it with my life right now. You working on any new cosplay, Jill? I'm kind of in my never ending quest to make my big mom cosplay better. That's um, perfectly fine with me. Flaming yeah, gonna... hair. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I'm thinking about it. Flames. I'm going to figure out how to do that. One of my Inside friends is really face. good with wigs. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to remake the hat and I think tie little balloons with Prometheus and Zeus and like have those floating behind me. <laughs> That's like, crazy. Or maybe make a Napoleon sword. I got to figure it out. 
Nice. But in my Los Angeles is in January um, in an Ontario Convention Center, and I will be there unless something happens. So, Great. Um, Steven. Yes, you may find me on Twitter at Translatosaurus um, for mostly cat pictures. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, we're kind of winding when we wind on to the end of the year we get lots of uh you know jump breaks and i'm sure there will be an oda break in there too as well so um i don't know how often i will uh be around for the next month or so but um we do have a uh you know a new volume that just hit the newsstand so um i'm sure i will be around for that as well at some point so uh you will still hear from me don't worry cool steve yurko uh, sorry, folks. Uh, you won't be hearing from me too often. Uh, work beckons, so uh, I don't think I'll be on as frequently, which uh, breaks my heart. But it's okay. You get Zach back. So enjoy your boring chapters. <laughs> 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 but I just, uh, of course, you could follow me on Twitter, Instagram, I guess, Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> Steve Yurko, it's all one word. And you could also hear me on some upcoming podcasts. I record a new episode of Toon Sweet, uh, my wrestling theme podcast with our good friend Doctor. And there's a new podcast that is underway. We've recorded some episodes. It's called The Deep End. It's an adult swim podcast I do with Matthew J. Please follow us on uh, Twitter. I think that's Adult Swim Pod. Uh, should be coming out sometime this month. Great. Oh, man. Awesome. Hooray. Uh, are you doing any conventions, Steve? Uh, oh, yeah, and I will be doing MAGFest in uh, National Harbor, Maryland, uh, weekend after New Year's. Hell yeah. Um, Okie dokie. Uh, Ed? Uh, and um, just another member of our podcast, I got to listen to Brian Newton doing an interview on the Cartoons 101 Patreon podcast that dropped today. And that was a good interview. To talk mostly about Rick and Morty. Um, check that interview. That's really good. Um, but as for me, I am at Weeb Trailers on Twitter, um, posting a lot of um, Funimation mid 2000s trailers. Got a Funimation channel ad up there, which apparently still exists. If anyone has the the like the digital cable channel Toku on their on their cable system, that is that was the X Funimation channel. It changed its name a few years ago, but anyway, check out those old tra- check out the old trailers up there. And uh, thanks I for did... posting the Yuhaka Show one. Oh, Good times. there's there's yeah. another there's another one coming. There's a different one too. Um, there's other ones, um, <laughs> but and and as for my regular account, that's Edward E One Piece. I just passed a thousand followers on that. I, I was surprised. Never never expected to get that that many followers, but I guess you people like my shit posts. So thank you very much. Um, I'll follow Zach underscore Logan on Twitter, and the podcast can be found at onepiecepodcast.com Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash One Piece Podcast. One Piece Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. One Piece Podcast is our Skype name. R slash One Piece Podcast. That's our subreddit. We list some piece together there. Support us, Patreon.com slash One Piece Podcast. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe on Google Play, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, or call us on our phone number. That's 347-497-MAJI. 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Maji. Anytime. Sawyer, <laughs> whatever. Also, you can find me at exclamation on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Do it. Yeah, I was I was just gonna wait until I finished. You make him feel bad. <laughs> well, well, it's every time. You. But um, but uh, anytime. But uh, please uh, please do rate and review because it helps us. 
Um, it helps us get new listeners. It helps people find us. Um, I, I'd encourage all of you to go out there and write a review. Um, I wouldn't call it homework because that word is uh, is boring and evil and, and makes you not want to do things, but uh, call it extra credit. Um, it's a field trip. Yeah, it's a field trip. Yay! <laughs> Partial credit. Yeah. So rate and review, please. Um, it's it's very good for us, and um, and you want to see us thrive, don't you? Um, so uh, I guess we'll see you uh, see y'all back next week with Zach. Um, Zach will be at the helm. Zach Elon's back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, I guess for the One Piece podcast, my name is Alex. My name is Ed. And my name is Steve. We'll see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. You're a wizard, Dabong. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on that one, weren't you? You had to get it That's in somehow. I had to get it a second time. Yeah. Hey, buzz off, kid. Okay.